It was a, how would you call it, a secular holy moment. It was a week before Caitlin was born. And I had the privilege of sitting in Studio 2 in Abbey Road. It's where the Beatles recorded almost everything. And I'm a crazy Beatles fan. So I had this opportunity to be involved in the making of a video about Rich Mullins who wrote the song we've just sung. And off I went. Janice wasn't too sure. I mean, Caitlin could have been born at any moment. I thought we could call her after the studio, but I thought Road is an awful name for a child. And then later, and if you are a Beatles fan, I think this is worth thinking about, Abbey Rhoda. Wouldn't that have been great? Abbey Rhoda Stockman. I just didn't think about it in time. Caitlin got lucky. Um, so anyway, off I went to do this, and I wasn't really thinking about it until I got till about maybe 10 feet away from that um, Zebra Crossing that is the famous Abbey Road album cover Zebra Crossing that you find on Johnny Fitch's t-shirts among other things and something just went into this moment of so much of your life is wrapped up in this place really and I walked through and there was lots of fans around and I thought they're never going to let me in here and I said to the guy in the door, my name's Steve Stockman, I'm here to make a, oh yes they're expecting you in Studio 2, so you go into Studio 2 and there's all the gear and then there's a window and out through the window is the studio that they made all the recordings and it's a huge studio, most of the recording studios I'm in get smaller and smaller and smaller as we go but this is a huge studio and that morning there was an orchestra um, playing and recording the orchestral part of this song and um, I watched as this was being done with um, Rick Elias and Jimmy Abag and the guys who were doing the album. Rich had passed away in a car crash about um, nine months earlier, six, six months earlier and he'd recorded these songs into a boombox, into an old ghetto blaster and um, then they were putting the sound of them. And Ashley Cleveland tries her best to be as good as Shannon Clements on it. And um, as, as you do when you're trying to compete with Shannon Clements, almost gets there, but not quite. And it's a wonderful song. And those words have stuck with me ever since I left that studio. Those last words. Jesus, they drove the cold nails through your tired hands and rolled a stone to seal your grave. Then this. Feels like the devil's rolled a stone onto my heart. Can you roll that stone away? Feels like the devil's rolled a stone onto my heart. Can you roll that stone away? Rich, as you could tell through the entire song, takes the stories of Jesus and asks Jesus to write him into his story, but actually writes himself into Jesus' story. I want to walk like the guy, Peter walking on the water. I want to have the faith of those who had the faith. And this is my life, and there are stones right in the way of my heart, and Lord, I want you to roll them away. And Friday, we did a cafe communion in the welcome area. And we looked at those words, it is finished. And we thought for a moment or two about what that meant in our lives. What is finished? 
And I suppose today I want to think of them as what are the things that finished when Jesus cried and is finished that the stone rolls away from to give us this possibility of new beginnings. And I wanted to be personal at this stage. And only you can tell yourself and God what are those stones that's rolled across your heart to prevent resurrection life from coming? Or what are those things that we need to cry out on top of it is finished? What is it? What are the things that stop you from living life and life in all its fullness? The 1010 that we build so much upon in Fitzroy. Is it regret? Are there regrets? Are there regrets you're storing up from years ago? Are there things that you've done in your past that you cannot let the stone roll away from or you can never say is finished because you've never forgiven yourself or your head still hangs low because of something Is it a sense of inferiority that you could never do what Jesus is asking you to do? Or you could never be the other person that you're foolishly comparing yourself to be because we're not supposed to be anybody else. We're supposed to be what we are. I've seen that in my life. I was with a couple of dear friends this week and one of them I asked to be my intern once. And... um, Let's say when, when Chris arrived in Daravolgi, he was the last person in the 88 that were ever going to be asked to be an intern. But over two or three years, he was the one that we asked to be the intern. So when I phoned him up to ask him to be the intern, what did he see himself as immediately? He saw himself as the last person of the 88 that I was going to ask to be an intern. I can never do that. And actually then he said, I could never be the guy who was the year before him. And I was going, but I don't want you to be the guy the year before you. I want you to be you. But he had to deal with the comparisons or the inferiorities or the insecurities that came from trying to be or looking around him. Are those things stones in the way of you living the 1010 that God wants you to live? Or as those societal things, you're just enjoying the comfort and you really don't want to get any more involved. And you've really good reasons why not to get any more involved, but it's actually a stone that stops you from perhaps hedonism coming down upon this generation more than any other generation. Is it a stone that has rolled across our hearts that stops us Because if we listen to Rich's lyrics, feels like the devil's rolled a stone onto my heart. And we listen to our John 10 words, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Rich, can you roll that stone away? Jesus, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. So what are those things? On Friday night, as we pondered the cross we went for those words of Leonard Cohen again 
When the Prince of Peace was hanging from his final tree, he looked down at the people looking up at him and he saw faces of anger. Is that the stone? Envy. Is that the stone? Regret. Despair. Melancholy. Animosity. Hatred. Are those the stones? He looked down at them and he felt a lever thrown in the universe and he knew that nothing would ever be the same again. It is finished. But as we cry, it is finished on Good Friday. One word in the reading that Janet gave us today tells us it has started. That most amazing word in the passage you've read or we've read, did you miss that word? The word that says everything is completely different than it ever was. And the word is simply this in this passage. Mary. That's all he says. Mary. And when the gardener, we've all been confused for gardeners, I hear the Magols tell me I've been confused for a gardener. When Mary's word from Jesus' lips is uttered suddenly, the reality of resurrection comes through and nothing will be the same again. Again, on Friday night, I was looking at N.T. Wright on this and he's thrown an interesting one in that I need to go and consider. So I'll surmise it again for you today. N.T. Wright says this, I'll just read it from a sermon that he preached. All this is drawn to its head as Jesus dies on the cross with the single Greek word, tetelestai, it is finished. For us, Finished can mean simply stopped. It's over. That's enough of that. But tetelestai means much more. It means it is completed. The work is done. And tellingly, N.T. Wright says, it echoes the words spoken at the end of the sixth day in Genesis 1. God finished all his work which he had made. Not God stopped as though he was bored. Rather, God completed the full task and suddenly if you read it in those in that light suddenly the it is finished of good friday and the it is started of the mary word in the resurrection suddenly we find that the old world has passed away and the new world is coming on and i just quoted rich mullins again unintentionally there but that's what he sings in a christmas song The old world is dying and a new world is coming on. It's completed. The work of the new creation is done on the cross and in the resurrection, Jesus opens up all the possibilities to start again. And immediately we can go, and I want to do three very quick things. It's only a quarter past 11, so so it looks as if I'm all right. there's, there's, there's three words I just want to very briefly, and I'll try to be as brief as I can, because uh, the next place for me is the beach, so you can tell I don't want to hang on here any longer than I have to. Obviously, this, it has started talks of rebirth. When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Or in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, we are new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. So... What is the stone? It can be rolled away. It's Resurrection Sunday. Let's roll it now to rebirth our individual lives.
to transform them into what they can be. It's finished. It has started. Let's roll them away. And let's realize that as well as that individual part of this, and there's no better place to wrap this kind of theology than in a Fitzroy sermon like we've had, or a service like we've had today. Michael's prayer and Claire's meditation on the terrorism. Goodness me, we are wrapped in the events of a world around us. And we always do that, or we so often do that here. And I'm always amazed when a visitor will say to me, Oh, I can't believe you're talking about those kinds of things in church. It's not just about my rebirth. The it is finished in the Mary, and the stone rolled away. It's about a rebooting of the entire world. This is a new world that's starting to come in. These are new possibilities. Marcino Miller sent me a lovely uh, tweet this morning. And on it he'd put um, Van Morrison, if God shines his light, the gospel Van Morrison song. And just said, as he would, hope you're having a good Easter rising. So, so I obviously went back and said, uh, uh, hope you're having one too. The war is over. The peace has started. And that's resurrection. This is about the war being done and peace coming in. A new start. A new rebooting of the whole earth. And if we go into... Romans chapter 18, let me read it. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed for us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. This is not just about Stockman's rebirth or your rebirth. This is about a rebooting of the entire creation, all that God has made. And of course the words in Romans 8 remind us that we're almost a little bit, it started. There's a completion of the creation story as in Genesis and the first six days. It is completed, but then the work began for humanity. Humans began to be the stewards or those who would populate the earth and those who would create um, all kinds of cultural things. So Christ has completed in his death and resurrection the new creation. But we as the followers of Jesus, we living the 1010, are those who live in anticipation of the full glory of God as the entire creation Waits too. And therefore, lastly, reborn, rebooted, reconciled. And Claire mentioned Trevor Morrow, so let's have a Trevor Day. In the magazine, 100 Days days Prayer for 100 Years of History, there are a few left, only a few in uh, the welcome area. Please do pick them up. Uh, Trevor does, uh, they, 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 they basically they script Trevor's uh, talk at uh, a conference recently. And Trevor talks about the parable of the rich fool and gives it a whole new angle for me. Uh, the parable of the rich fool, um, let me very quickly read. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, 
tell, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, man, and this is important in Trevor's exposition of it. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me as a judge or an arbiter between you? Jesus saying, I'm not an arbiter or a judge. So what is he then? Then he said to them, watch out. Be in your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And Michael has taken us through that wonderfully in his prayer. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll be able to store my surplus grain. And I say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then you will get what you've prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but not rich towards God. And Trevor says that this is someone coming to Jesus and asking Jesus to be an arbiter for justice for him, to tell him that everything he has is his and he doesn't need to share it with anybody. And Jesus says, I'm not going to be an arbiter about that. I'm not going to make that judgment for you. But there's something wrong at the heart, at at the core of your heart. Because at the core of what this person's asking for, it's that everything would be his, his, his. Trevor then goes into looking at land, which is very important in the scriptures right through. And obviously brings it back to our land. And who we are in the midst of the divisions in our land. And who we are in the story in the midst of our land. I remember going to be assistant minister at First Antrim. And um, I think I can say this. Um, High Street in Antrim had just sold their manse. Can you believe it? They sold it to a Catholic. Well, literally, all hell had broken loose in Antrim. And I would go out to visit lovely little old ladies with their lovely china and their finger up. And everything would be smooth until somebody would mention the high street manse. Oh, my word, you should hear them about that manse. How dare they sell it to a Catholic? And I'm looking out at some Catholics as I'm speaking. I don't see any harm in selling you a bit of land of of that. This was just something. This is our land. And we're not sharing this land with anybody else. We'll build bigger barns for our land. And what Trevor's saying in this whole story is, that we shouldn't be arbiters in those debates or judges in those debates. We are to be bridge builders in these debates about land. That we need to be those who change the culture, who are rebirthed and reborn, so that the stones of prejudice and caricatures and sectarianism and arrogance and wounds and trauma and resentment and injustice would be rolled away. Rebuilders of the bridges to new narratives on this Easter rising weekend. So reborn, yes, it's here. It is finished. It has begun. Rebooted the whole creation. Jesus has completed It has begun. The work goes on in the reconciliation of people who can find the stones of our prejudices rolled away. 
so that 10-10 is possible. Let's for a moment be still and allow our eyes to fall shut and seek what those stones might be getting in our way. Let's be still for a moment. Allow the spirit to look deep. What are the stones across your heart? No better day than today to ask God to roll them away. No, no, no. Easter rising weekend when there's all kinds of ideas of Easter risings. What are the stones across the heart of our nation? Pray for those to be rolled away this weekend. And maybe even ask God what our involvement is in them being rolled away. when the most torturous darkness dawns in the most soothing healing light and the mind so rattled settles in slow aftershock realignment of perspective when the eyes refocus to peer through the hours of looking away to be envisioned with the revelation of more than a gardener Mary. And the soul stops tossing, turning, churning up from its sickly desperation and hopeless heartache to wake up to take it in as the earth re-knits after tremoring and on this firmer understanding we reach for shimmers like dust-cotton sunrise to catch the splinters flying and piece the fragments of debris into everything new. Never the same again. The dreams dead. Revived. The hope buried. Reborn. The vision of a future. Redeemed. It is the peace. After the war zone. It is the resurrection dance. After the wake. It is a whole new kingdom come. The new life starts here. May it be so. In the risen one's name. Amen.